This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday War Games, episode number 48. As Liam talks over me, introducing the podcast, because he's a jerk. That was the point. Was you see, the, the thing is, we record these on separate audio tracks oh so that I can edit out that if I wanted to. So I shouldn't have acknowledged it. I should have just ignored it and plowed ahead and edited it in post. And you would have been none the wiser, just like I did last week when I edited it in post in a different I way. I knew that. Yeah, I, I heard that before you told me about it. You saw it in the Discord. The Discord is telling you about things. Wasn't even the Discord. I received a direct message about it. Oh, people are so. people are ratting me out. Snitches get stitches, listeners. Mm-hmm. Ratting me out. <laughs> That's all I had was. Mm-hmm. I well, I assumed you were just gonna walk right through it like you do with everything I talk about. Wow, that's that's an upsetting accusation to throw out at the start of a podcast. Our forty-eighth episode. Not even the podcast. It's it's like life. You do this to me. Listen, you can. Uh, no, I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> Our DM relationship entirely consists of me sending you things, you completely ignoring them, you sending me things, and if I don't respond, you get pissy at me. So you cannot, for one single solitary second, say that our relationship is defined by me ignoring you. We're just wow. having it out on the podcast. This has become therapy. This is Garrett and Liam fight each other. First of all, I'll have you know every single thing you send to me, I acknowledge mm. in person. I give a little, ah, or ooh, or aha, uh-huh, or even I'll think something about it, but I just don't have the time to type. You know, type, 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 bloody takes forever, all right? So, I'm sorry. I apologize. Now, will you acknowledge that you steamroll me on everything. <laughs> there was that quote from the um, Welcome to Night Vale book that I sent you. It's like, hmm, hummed Janice. It was what she did when she didn't care what the other person had said, but the rhythm of the conversation demanded a response. And that's like, that's the entirety of our relationship right there. There's so many hmms. It's like, literally, it's, uh, I, I, we, were, we were seen and attacked simultaneously. <laughs> I literally, like... I sent probably a third last message I sent you was a hmm. Yes, which is clearly a disrespect. We've really fallen off on the gurus, though. Yeah, we're not angry at each other anymore. We just don't care about each other. Mm, there's hmms. There's has. There's yeses. There's I like Seamus. Fella! There's you accusing me of being Antifa. That's fair. You do like people. You booed the National Guard, Liam. It's very anti-American. <laughs> that's 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 Antifa, that's Antifa behavior right there. If Antifa was real, that's a thing they'd do. But it was so funny. Why did you boo the National? What show were you watching first? Uh, Royal Rumble 2010. Uh huh. Uh, they just said, and then we oh we go to the National Guard, and like everyone was like woo, and I'm just like boo. <laughs> Liam is by himself, by the way. This is solely to pop himself. Yeah, and then... Oh, that show's awful. Okay, well, Undertaker Ray is... This is what we're here to talk about. 2010, baby. Um, Undertaker Ray is really good. It's the match of the decade up until that point. Whoa. <laughs> Screw you, Tina Genesis. Uh, well, Genesis sucked. Um, it's a bad show. The best match in that show was like three stars, so... Yeah, three and a quarter. 
sorry, three and a quarter. Um, the TV match was four stars, though, so... Good work, AJ and Kurt, from January 4th, 2010. Screw you, Wrestle Kingdom. They're like, we're the real Wrestle Kingdom here. Well, it's actually, I can't give take uh, Ray the full credit because I haven't seen Wrestle Kingdom yet. That's on my next thing after the Rumble. Uh, what is it? Nakamura against Takayama on that show, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that's going to be the shit. I think I've seen it once. And Marafuji against Tiger Mask 4. Hell yeah. Team 3D were the TNA representatives on that show. I think they had a tag match with somebody or other. They probably had like a six-way... Six no. A three-way six-man tag title thing because they used to do those all the time. Do you know what else was on that show that we made? <laughs> the Piggy Jane stuff was on that show. Oh no! <laughs> it was, and you know what? Like okay, for, like Piggy James is just objectively an awful story. Like I mean, you can tell it, I suppose, but maybe not as cartoonishly evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it was just really interesting where it's like. The commentator's attitude towards Mickey was like, oh, well, yeah, she is fab. You can't say it. <laughs> that, was, that's, that was the exact attitude they had for it, and it was so fucked up. That's like, you'd so expect mean. them to be, like, you know, jumping to Mickey's defense or, like, trying to, like, they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, Mickey does have that weight problem. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Imagine, imagine working for that company. It's just a night. It's, an, it's a never-ending nightmare that pays pretty well. So if you want to sell your soul, there you go. And even these days, it probably doesn't pay pretty well unless you go straight into the top. Unless you uh, had the foresight to have, like, a contract lawyer to look over your contract. And not sign the bargain basement NXT deal. And though, well, but then you can be like, uh, I was going to say Austin Theory, but I want to talk about literally anyone except Austin Theory. Jake Atlas. You can be like Jake Atlas. Or he can have this great feud with Tommaso Ciampa. Is that supposed to be a segue? Mm. Is that a segue? Are we segueing? Every week we talk oh, about AEW Dynamite, NXT. No, there's AEW first, but still. Last week, AEW won, so we shall talk about AEW Dynamite first. AEW Dynamite opened with. Miro and Kip Sabian defeating Joy Janela and Sunny Kiss. Oh god, Liam. Before you completely rip into this, uh-huh. this was I liked the match. I thought the match was boring as well, but That's sure. fine. That's fine. I liked the match. I did think it was a horrific debut. <laughs> like like if it was Kip Sabian and fucking I don't know, Dr. Luther. I would be like, okay, it's just the nerds having a nerd match. But it's like, oh, Miro's also there. Because, like, Miro tags in at the, the start with the first one he tries to tag in. He tags in, and I can't remember who's in the ring, but he kills them. And it's like, oh, Miro is here. And that's it. That's all Miro does. The rest of the match is him, like, selling, or him tweaking his knee on the floor, or him nearly dropping Kip Sabian on his head. That was fun. Um... That's cool, though. That's Like, I think that's actually a good part of the Miro character. <laughs> if he just completely starts to disregard... Uh, Kip, and then they could like do some real multimedia level storytelling here, where they should have them play Warzone and just have Miro refuse to pick Kip up and like put Kip into dangerous situations first. This could be a real multi-layered story for the 2020 for the gamer kids. You'll have to add Miro's Twitch streams to being the elite and all the other shoulder <laughs> content you have to watch to understand the programming of AEW Dynamite. Or they should just hire some dashing young podcast host to. Mm-hmm release some sort of law-based uh, podcast every week. Oh. Who who could they get to do that? The Everything Elite guys, I think they'd be great at that. No, fuck. <sighs> yeah, they would. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, can, I could, like, write for it. 
I watch the shows so I can write stuff. I don't like Miro enough to be really angry about this. People are really into Miro, and I'm like, the guy's never had a good match in his life. So yeah, we did the research. <laughs> we did do the research. The guy has literally never had a great match. Well, he had the one AJ four-star match. Yeah, AJ carried him to a four-star match, and in an era when AJ wasn't very good. But, um, yeah, I don't like Miro enough to get really annoyed at this, so I'm just like, I'm, just, I'm more just baffled. Like, this is how you treat Miro? This big hulking guy who kills people? And maybe it's their own fault for having too many monsters. They already have Cage, they already have Archer, they already have Brody as these big guys who can't lose. So can they add a fourth one? It's their fault for hiring a fourth one, but and they have Wardlow, and they have um, I'm sure there's more on the roster. Wardlow, uh, who never even gets on the show, it's upsetting how little Wardlow there is on Dynamite these days. This is what you get for signing all the WWE guys. There's no room for Wardlow anymore. I'll just wait till that second show comes around, big boy. You will be the ace of AEW Lightning. Is that what is? Is that the rumored name? Oh, did I make that joke too? <laughs> I think everyone's made that joke because of Dynamite and Nitro and Thunder and Lightning. It makes so yeah. much sense. It has to be called Lightning. Come on. <laughs> Uh, like, why do they have to delve so much into the WCW nostalgia? Because Cody. Mm, just be PWG. <laughs> I, I, I don't like, like, I don't like it either. I'm like, be yourself. Be your own thing. Be the thing people want from AEW. Like, uh, don't American be New old. Japan. <laughs> Well, yes, but uh, don't be old WCW, don't be old WWF, don't be trying to be the new ECW, just be you. Look at what the wrestling environment is today and be something to that. Don't look at what the wrestling environment was 30 years ago and try and be something it was then. That's just, that's stupid. Can we just... Can we just leave the past behind? And, and like all of wrestling, can we just leave the 90s and the 80s behind and actually try and make wrestling content for 2020? The early 2000s. Listen, we, we haven't had the, the ruthless aggression nostalgia kick yet. That's still coming. I, I feel like AEW is a little bit of the ruthless aggression nostalgia kick. AEW's work great TNA. Let's be real. Yeah, well, I was going to say, AEW like, has TNA, TNA nostalgia. <laughs> they have the tunnels. It's all that fun stuff. By the way, like, um, from watching Genesis 2010, like, they they got rid of the tunnels. And I was like, what, what, is, what are you doing? Hulk Hogan, like, all of the things that you associate with TNA, the double tunnels, the six-sided ring, the, the actual wrestlers having good wrestling matches, he just got rid of all of it. The game changes now, Liam. We we didn't know better. But this, could, uh, the playpen ring could only get us so far, and now we have to change everything about us so that we, I don't know, fall flat in our face and slowly go to business. Well, it's really funny how like immediately they just felt like a WWE third brand yeah and how immediately the crowd rejected it it's like no just no yeah and then they're like shut up babies <laughs> you don't know what you want we know what you want you stupid idiots all of their segments that's what people are here for Genesis 2010 takes Royal Rumble 2020. This is just going to be what because Liam's doing a rewatch of all of the shows from 2010, and he's adding more and more shows to this rewatch. So this is what this podcast I, I, is going to become. I settled on five. Actually, I might add another one. <laughs> yeah, well, five companies worth of shows, which is like hundreds of shows a year. Seventy-five. That was before New Japan, though, wasn't it? No, that was with the New Japan. It was fifty before New Japan. Like fifty forty something with before New Japan. I think I'm going to add progress to it as well. <laughs> well, progress. When did progress start? Like 2014. Yeah, so, like, I have a few millennia to wait before I get to that point. You can add it all you want. You won't get there, so... <laughs> wow, well, now i got to do it. Eddie Kingston cut a promo on uh, uh, John Moxley. Eddie Kingston, very good promo. Not as good as Bully Ray, though. 
Listen, look, look, okay, one, Bully Ray shooting an angle because he doesn't have a contract and he's trying to get on TV and he wants a program with Kingston. What? Wait, what? Wait, what? No. He's just having an opinion on Twitter. Yes, because wrestlers wouldn't at all work on Twitter. But two, people's reactions that I know people don't like Bully Ray, but like people are like, oh, you're terrible. It's like Bully Ray is a good promo. Let's not pretend Bully Ray is a terrible promo just because he took a shot at a wrestler you like. Bully Ray was also a good wrestler. He was an all-time great tag team wrestler, and he was a very good singles wrestler. Let's not pretend Bully Ray is terrible just because you don't like him, and just because he takes shots at a wrestler you like. I think Eddie Kingston's probably a better promo, but Bully Ray is a great promo. I think he's a much better promo, but that's because Eddie Kingston's promos, they tickle that part of me that I like more, like the more emotional style, but I think as far as traditional wrestling promo, like, Bully Ray's, like, great at it, of course he is. Yeah, Eddie Kingston's an all-time uh, like, great promo. Like, legitimately, he's an all-time yeah. great promo. He's up there. Yeah. Yeah, good promo. I'm I'm kind of bummed they did this match on no build. Because, like, man, let it, uh, they gave Eddie a promo, which they obviously... If they didn't give Eddie a promo, you would have heard me shout about it for 15 minutes on this podcast. But they at least gave him a promo. But, man, do it on two weeks. Don't do it on a week's build, at least. Or I a day's also, build. They I announced w- it the day of. I know extenuating circumstances, COVID, as I'm, I'm steamrolling you just to prove a point. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Listen, I'm never not self-aware of anything. Extenuating circumstances, but I'm still mad. They should have done. Should have saved this match. Anyway, now you may speak. Thank you. I was just gonna say, like, actually, I one wish more thing. Uh, I'm such a jerk. Okay, okay. Now, now you may speak. The other thing, problem is right. You, you try to be the baby face, and like, you try to tell them all these things that I do that mm-hmm. it's so bad, and I'm so mean to you. But then all they hear, all of the audio content they hear, is just you bullying me. Listen, I can just edit out all of you objecting to the bullying, and it just sounds like I'm the babyface still. Don't silence me. What I was going to say was I kind of wish this Eddie Kingston segment was longer. It felt mm. really rushed. I suppose they were probably just trying to fit it in on the show. But I, w- I would have liked a little more time for Kingston's promo. I would have liked a little more time after they did the the nose-to-nose portion. Just so, you know, just let it set a little bit. It just felt a little rushed. It was very um, um, TNA to the backish, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. And then I also, well, like your concern, I was also like them rushing the entire thing. Yeah. But it's like I think eventually we're gonna get a longer Kingston Moxley, uh, not segment, but like storyline or something. Like, I think we're gonna get more of this. So it's probably not gonna be a title program though. It might. Be. Well, you think Arch is beating? Uh, I think who I think whoever's facing Mox at full gear might be. Who's facing Mox at full gear? Kenneth. And Hangman, triple threat. Uh, uh, that would make some degree of sense, yeah. Miro. Oh, God, no. If it's not... Uh, if Kenny and Hangman are, aren't facing each other, which one would assume they're facing each other, but if they aren't, throwing them in that triple, th- in that, in that triple threat makes sense. And then Ish. you can have Ken pin Hangman so that Mox doesn't take the loss, and you can run back Mox Omega. Or you could have Hangman have the win, have the win over Mox and do the classic triple threat you... finish, and he throws him out of the ring and takes the pin that Mo- the Hangman should have had. No, I don't think you would. They, they're very particular about pinning Mox. <laughs> well, they haven't done it in the year of our Lord 2020. I don't think they even did it in the year of our Lord 2019, because I'm pretty sure he only had the draw loss. And again, he had the loss where um, Park took the pin. Mm. So I don't think he's actually been pinned. Yeah, well, you should pin him. When, you should always pin the champion, though. When you're, I hate when champions aren't pinned and belts change hands. That's cheap and lazy. Yeah, but that's the whole point. <laughs> is that it is a cheap, lazy way out of it, and then you can <laughs> run it back again. 
Just because you know the background of why they're doing it doesn't mean they're not allowed to do it. Yes, it does. It's cheap and lazy. It's one of those wrestling things that has been driven into the ground and killed. It's like, oh, we protect the champion. But you end up just having the guy who wins the belt not beat the guy who had the belt. And the guy who wins the belt is Yeah, but then he beats him next month and it's fine. (sighs) There's a story to be told, damn it. Let them tell the story in our minds that they definitely won't even do. (laughs) Yeah, it'll end up being Cage against Marx or something. (laughs) Oh boy. I hope it's Ricky Starks versus Moxley. Ooh, that would be a main event, sure. <laughs> beats beats Darby and then challenges Mox. Speaking of AEW being very TNA, early, in the early days of TNA, anytime TNA did something good that people liked, they'd just run it back. So, like, they did a really critically acclaimed ladder match. So there's, like, two more ladder matches in the next three weeks. Uh, hmm. People liked that Frankie Kazarian Hangman Page match, a singles match last week. So they're like, hey, you like Hangman Page singles matches? Have another one of them. Uh, uh, yeah, I immediately was like, why isn't this a Kenny match? Actually, yes, it would have made much more sense to do a Kenny singles and then have Hangman on commentary. You are right. And then you could have given us, like, Kenny versus Stu. Which would have been a fun match. But, like, this was a fun match, too. I also really liked uh, Uno and Hangman, because I like I like Uno's single matches a lot. I really liked his return to PWG in 2015, where he wrestled Mike Bailey and Chris Hero. And Mark Andrews, I think. Ooh. I miss Mark Andrews. Mm. He's all heel in progress. It's very weird. I've been watching some recent progress stuff as it's gone up on the Fed work. That is a man who has never been more natural babyface. I suppose he grew a beard though, so maybe that's maybe that's yeah. the difference maker. Yeah, I don't know. But like he wrestles yeah, in a fake company uh, uh, now, The people they? aren't here for progress talk. <laughs> Only 2010 TNA. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is going to become a, a 2010 decade retrospective podcast as I go. Listen, we can be multiple things. Yeah, we're multifaceted. Yeah, uh, Hangman won. Kenny was given out on commentary. I I, I kind of thought the Kenny stuff was a little... It felt more forced this week. Yeah, and also, he's not a great commentator. So, that doesn't help. I did like Jim Ross was giving out about his shirt, and he was just like, Listen, a white shirt is very versatile. It's true. He was also just being very mean to Uno. I'm pretty sure he called him fat like three times. <laughs> He's a heel, just like it's Piggy James. What's the fat pun for Evil Uno? Um, I don't, don't want to do it. No. <laughs> evil <laughs> Evil Duo. Do you think um they have such strong WWE 2010 nostalgia that they'll they'll do a they'll run back Piggy James? God, I hope not. The Young Bucks broke Tony Schiavone's phone. Yeah, that was, that was such a move like and not even like a cool bad guy thing to do just like a whiny child <laughs> yes it's like tony give me your phone then he bashed it off the wall and the screen was broken and tony was sad tony was like going, what, what are you doing why oh no what are you doing <laughs> you see this is this is the problem like alex marvez super alex marvez is kind of a babyface move breaking tony's phone yeah. is very much a heel move it's like oh that is unacceptable behavior i didn't like it the segment nor the act hmm I'm I'm not really into this Young Bucks heel turn thing. It feels it feels stupid. forced. It does. It's a one another one of those things where it's just like we want to turn them, so kind of do kind of do it stupid. But like you could just just do like 2013 bucks and just make them really obnoxious while they still do the same stuff. Hmm. Brody Lee defeated Orange Cassidy to retain the AW TNT Championship. Is that what? I guess it's just TNT Championship. I think it's AW TNT Championship. First half of this match was real boring. Like real boring. And then the second half was actually quite very good. So there you go. Skip to after the yeah. break is what I'm saying. <laughs> it had a good, like, um, uh, like once it hit that point, it did go. Like, it went, 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 went. And I really liked that. And it's just cool to see a Brody Lee Orange Cassidy match. Like, every time I see these big Orange Cassidy matches, though, I just go, oh, imagine if it was in front of, like, 6,000 people. Mm-hmm. 
I don't see it as much with other people, but with Orange Cassidy, the crowd not being there is extra noticeable because he relies so much on crowd interaction. Like, those Jericho matches would have been, especially the first one, I think, would have been one of the best matches of the year with a crowd. Like, 100%. Yeah. Second and third ones weren't great, but that first one had all the beats of what would have been a great match in front of an audience, except it didn't. Actually, the Phoenix match in particular. Remember the Phoenix match? That would have been a five-star match. Like, legitimately. That would have been a five-star match with a crowd. I don't remember the Phoenix match. It was really good. Like, it was still a four-star match without a crowd. So, imagine what an Orange Cassidy four-star match with a crowd is. It's five stars. I, le- That's what it I is. legitimately have no clue. I don't remember that match at all. Go back and watch it. It's very good. Yes. After the match, dark-haired Cody made his triumphant return, clearing out the, the Dark Order. Uh, he's got a real moody, evil Titantron now. And the the Nightmare Family logo is blood. So you know that he's edgy. Are they turning everyone heel? Is <laughs> just this company going to be a company of heels? It's going to be heel elite. It's just everyone in the elite's going to be heels. Except for Hangman? Except for Hangman, and Hangman's going to fight all of the heel elite. He'll need friends, though. Him and Darby Allen against the whole heel elite. And, and he'll get he'll make friends along the way. Or just run them over with a horse. That would work. A horse versus the Young Bucks at All Out 3. The horse would win. Let's be real. <laughs> they just double super kick the horse. Do you think a horse would sell a double super kick? Horse would be like, if, fuck If it's super a shoot kick. super kick, probably. If they just for real kick the horse. After the match, Brody challenged him to a dog collar match, which, sure. I like the like the old school having the prop in the hands promo that he cut. That was pretty mm-hmm. sweet. Uh, and he looks good with a chain. What can you say? Man looks good with the chain. Some people are just born to have a chain. Mm. Uh, some people are born to be off the chain, like Bobby Roode. There you go. Do, 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 do. Uh, Matt Hardy came to the ring of private party. He's like, who attacked me? It was obviously Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho was like, if I attacked you, I would have hit you in the face with a baseball bat, you stupid idiot, which I think is dubious. Jericho jumps people from behind all the time. But So when you're saying you do think it's Jericho. Oh, yeah. The heel is lying? Well, mm, he would never. I don't know. I don't think it's Jericho. <laughs> nah, it's probably not. But the question is then, who is... I think it's private party. I think private party jumped him. I think it's Jeff Hardy. <laughs> I think he's going to go straight from the ladder match. To A-Dub, baby. With the Intercontinental Championship in hand. <laughs> and he's going to be a heel. <laughs> this is, That sounds like the best way to bungle a Jeff Hardy debut. <laughs> it's not going to be Jeff Hardy, Liam. It's going to be Willow. Oh, Willow the Wisp or um, Itchweed. Oh, it could be Itchweed. One of the many faces of Jeff Hardy. <laughs> yes, that, that, that famous trio of faces in pro wrestling, the faces of Jeff Hardy. Yes, the three, three faces of Hardy. Um God, Willow was a terrible character. I like Willow. He's he dumb. looks cool, but like everything he ever did was awful. Like awful. Yeah, but it's cool because it's stupid. What about Itchweed? Cassidy challenged Jericho. Big promo. Fair. <laughs> Cassidy challenged Jericho. Was it Cassidy? I thought it was Cassidy. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant Orange. Too many Cassidy's. Oh, yeah, on the Isaiah. Show. Sorry. Yeah, there's two Cassidys on the show. Um, yeah, and that's the better match, so let's go. I think Isaiah Cassidy's better than Mark Wynn. I think both are quite good. Mm. Neither is very good, but both are quite good. Both are good in that bad way. Yeah, in that very indie, unpolished way, but some of they they may be polished. Uh, then we go to exactly what I said would happen last week. <laughs> FTR. <laughs> it's comedy wrestling, garbage deathmatch schmucks. I hate FTR. I have so little time for FTR. Like, literally none. I'm, I like, when they appear on the screen and they start talking, I'm like, I have, I have no interest in you. 
I just have no interest in you doing all this tag team, real tag team wrestling. It's like, just go away. Especially because you have and much worse matches than everybody. If they had the best matches on the show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I was going to say. Like, If you could at least pull out one of those NXT matches and justify you being here, perhaps. But instead they're like, we're the best tag team. We're the only people who can do real tag team while they have 30 minutes snooze fests. And then they're like, and now we have the 20 minute brush with greatness challenge or brush with gold or whatever they want. With. I think it was We're doing greatness. the TNT open challenge. <laughs> yeah, except without the titles on the line, I don't think. So they'll face SEU next week. Best friends confronted them. Best friends hugged. This is also the third AEW champion to do this exact thing. Which one? Oh, the open challenges? Yeah. Cody did it. Sheeta did it. Now they're doing it. It's almost like they don't have any ideas. and they're just Which doing... is really bad one year in. <laughs> they're out of <laughs> ideas for programs, yeah. Hire some TV writers. They can give you some sweet soap opera stories. To be fair, the TV writers would probably do well if they didn't have Vince screaming at them every three seconds. Yeah, if everything they wrote wasn't ripped up every Monday night. <laughs> like, if you hired some TV writers and then, like, you know, worked with them instead of against them, maybe actually good stuff would come out of it. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Hikaru defeated Ivelisse and Diamante in a match that was... I don't know. It was there. How did Ivelisse get to have this match? Um... Who knows? It wasn't very good. It wasn't very good, no. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. It's just, uh, just get back to doing Thunder Rolls and Cheetah. Chris Jericho and MJF did a promo. They're friends. They Frenemies. admire each other. One day MJF is going to beat the shit out of Chris Jericho. I was thinking, if they're going to turn the entire elite, this feels to me like a Chris Jericho babyface turn. They're going to have MJF slowly try to like replace him in the inner circle instead of join him in the inner circle. Mm, that's a good idea. And then, you know who like who else could turn his face out of this? Sammy Guevara. The war dog. Oh, yeah, and Mr. then he kills Mayhem. him. Wardlow. And then it's Wardlow and Chris Jericho. Jericho's cutting promos for Wardlow. Wardlow becomes the biggest star in pro wrestling. Boom. Done. <laughs> Everything ends with Mordlow, and it's all better for it. For the alpha. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded 
by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And the Wardlow. Which brought us to our main event in which John Moxley defeated Eddie Kingston for the All right, here we fucking... Okay, I'm going to go first because you're going to have a lot more to say. I'm probably not. (laughs) Like, all I'm going to say is I thought this match was super boring. And then you're going to say, actually, no, it's a four-star match. And then we're going to, like... Become so predictable. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll 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 yammer for a while, and then eventually I'll steamroll you, and you'll eventually and we'll go to NXT. No, I've never done that. No, I will stay to it. I like this match a lot. It was four stars. Um, I know I like them beating the shit out of each other, and they beat the shit out of each other, and it was really intense. And uh, I don't know the stuff that like probably bored you, like the brawling around. The there was one real long uh, submission thing which I wasn't super into, but everything else, yeah, I, was, I, I liked. I like Mox and I like Eddie together, and I like that they beat the crap out of each other. I thought they did some cool suplexes at the end, and then he won, which is where the two stars comes from of the two stars that I gave the match. And then otherwise, it was mostly Eddie Kingston locking on holds. They started with wrist locks, which I'm like, this is my problem with Eddie Kingston. I think it's always been my problem with Eddie Kingston. And Eddie Kingston is an all-time great promo. Like, legitimately, all-time great. And, like, when you look at his presentation and his character and who he is, you think he should be this guy who's this, like, wild street brawler. And then he tries to, like, cosplay 90s All Japan, because that's the stuff he likes. That's his influence. So that's, like, what he tries to replicate. He, he doesn't do that Which I well. think we can all relate to that idea of, like, here's what I'm actually probably good at, but here's what I want to do. Yeah. But I don't think he's ever found the in-between. I don't think in his career as a wrestler, he's ever found, like, that in-between point of here's my inspirations and here's what I'm good at. Let me try and find what what's me about all of this. How I can oh. apply this to me as a wrestler, me as a character, me as a person and so you, you get these kind of matches where he's doing wrist locks and it's like you were doing a pull apart earlier in the show as these wild wrestlers who were super a- a- angry at each other and then it's like and now we shall start doing wrist locks would you have been happy with this match if they had skipped the wrist lock component and just gone straight into the chops yeah they did some slaps and then they he settled into that endless submission and then they did some stuff but the crowd boards that's the, this is the problem we have crowds again so we can also say like the crowd wasn't into this whatsoever I don't even remember um <laughs> the only thing I can say is when it was up I was like oh that was quick so clearly there was a different wavelengths going on between me and you someone who was probably happy that it ended and I was like oh I would have liked more they, they wetted your palate at least they left me wanting. I mean, isn't that what you're supposed to do with TV wrestling, damn it? I guess. After the match, uh, Pendant Phoenix jump Moxley, Will Hobbs, and Darby made the save before Ricky Starks ended up laying out uh, Darby. 
setting up next week when they will face off. That's I appreciated Kingston still taking shots on Moxley after. Like, everyone else had kind of split off, and Kingston's like, nah, I'm getting the champ. <laughs> He's mine. Even though he literally just got choked out. At least he, he got choked out and passed out. He didn't tap out, which is fitting of the character. So, uh, Garrett, there was roughly 70% of the roster that wasn't on this show. Yeah. One, that's not very good, is it? Oh, because of COVID outbreak? Mm. Look, realistically, I saw people pointing this out. Like, they're bringing, like, 20 wrestlers to Dark every week that they do not need to bring. And those wrestlers are coming from all over the place. Yeah, why can't they just have their, their Dark Stalwarts and their lower mid-card guys on it? That's what they should have, especially at this stage in the middle of a pandemic. Because you're just asking for an outbreak when you're bringing that many of unnecessary people into your television taping environment. And apparently yeah. it turned out that the, the testing they were doing was not the testing that people assumed they were doing. They were not doing, they were not actually like testing for Corona, which shock of all shocks, wrestling companies didn't do what they said they were doing. And this week they actually <laughs> did like proper swab tests, which is the reason everyone tested positive all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> so they probably all had it like the last two months and they were just like, yeah, we feel fine. And passing it to each other and then passing it to their friends and family. Because, like, America still has a gigantic number of cases. It's terror. Like, we, uh, there's 30 cases in, in my city this week. 30 cases in I the think city I, of Cork. I think we had, like, 10 today. And, like, there's a good chance we lock down Cork next week. Like, I, I would be surprised if we didn't, based on the rising case numbers. Oh, we're leaving lockdown. Isn't that, isn't that fun? Yeah, we'll go into second lockdown. Which, I, I, I honestly, I think that'll just become a norm. Like, every two to three months, we'll enter a lockdown. Which will be just like, it's gotten kind of out of control. We need to lock it down for a couple of weeks. And then you can go back and do stuff for, like, two or three months. And we'll do it again. Oh, sorry, that, this is only your second lockdown. Oh, how many are you through? Oh, including, like, different stages of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've had, like, I think... Two full lockdowns. It's been six months of it. Um, we're currently in stage four. Nice. Uh, we you know we were in stage four. We went down to stage three two weeks ago. Um, in two weeks, we'll be down to stage two. And then I think it'll be like another two weeks to mid-October. Uh, late October. Then we should hopefully be back to normal. We just lost our curfew this today. So... We never had a curfew. Like, we're currently in stage two. As I said, like, when I say we'll be locked down, we'll move to stage three next week, which will be much stricter in terms of, like, little closed restaurants and stuff like that. Um, so, oh, restaurants. What are those like? Uh, I, I still don't go. You can you can go to them. I don't. But you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember you were quite flabbergasted when you found out that we have to wear masks even when outside. That seems baffling because, like, you could maintain distance when outside. Like, just stay away I, from people. I guess we can't trust people to do even that. Like there, there's a, a full mask bandit indoors in all public spaces now here, but outdoors, th- that just doesn't seem to make much sense to me. It seems cumbersome. Well, before we go to NXT, uh-huh. we have to see if a wrestler's been cancelled. Oh, good. Yeah, Dynamite was okay. I thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty good with a couple low points. Garrett. Yes. Give me a number between 301. Uh-huh. Don't know why I did it the other way around. And one. 300 and... Oh, for a 300 and one. I thought you were like 301, as in 301 is the number, <laughs> yeah, just, not 300 just between, to one. Between 300 and one. Like, just 301 and 301, please. I will take three. Oh, you're going to take three? Oh, God, I wasn't prepared to be on the other side of the book. <laughs> do, 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 contents. Okay, I, the best I can do here is number eight. I'll take eight. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> oh, we have... A team and three professional wrestlers. Good. 
Garrett, I think this bit has been going on for three minutes. <laughs> we know something you don't know, and if we don't care, then what's the lyrics of that song? I don't know. I don't know. Three minute warning. I don't think either of them were cancelled. Sadly, both of them are dead, which is quite depressing. But oh. Oh, Dude, Umaga might be my favourite WWE big man ever. He ruled. I love Umaga. He's so good. The match was seen at legitimate five stars. One of the... God, what a great match. Um, then we have Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. I have, I have no idea whether he's been cancelled or not. Adam Bomb. <laughs> Again, no. <laughs> and adorable Adrian Adonis. I'm sure he hasn't been cancelled. Um, well, good work. What a bit. On page nine, Dick Murdoch was on there, so... I'm hey, sure I didn't pick he's... page nine. Don't you tell me what's on yeah, page no, nine. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. You, I'm sure Dick Murdoch was uh, cancelled. He seems like a dude who would be cancelled. And that's the bit, and that's why we come here. WWE NXT opened with a battle royal featuring many people whom I did not know. These aren't <laughs> real people. Confused. They don't exist. These I'm are sorry. creator wrestlers that they have superimposed over the match footage, much like they did with the crowd noise, despite there being no crowd. I don't like fake crowd noise. I hate it. I, like, I really hate it. I, it really gets my nerve. It, it irks me, and it creeps me out. I don't like hearing people when they don't exist. I find it like actively off-putting. It's like I don't enjoy watching things with fake crowd noise. It's just like, come on. But at least, at least if there's people in the crowd, I can pretend. Yeah. There's no one. It's empty. Hey, there is still some performance center nerds, wasn't there? No. I mean, there may be in the back behind the camera that was, but in the actual surrounding of the ring, there was no one. That's because they needed them all for this battle royal. <laughs> also, I think because there was a breakout. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that too. Yeah, we, let's have a battle there's... royal while there's a breakout. <laughs> There was like Ellie, there was a raven, there was someone in a mask. I don't know who she was. Uh, The mask lady, I'm pretty sure, was a main roster performer. I think she teamed with Sin Cara when they gave Sin Cara his please don't go push. Oh, is that Katarina? I think so. Was she the one in the mask? I don't know. I think so. There was some lady, uh, there was an Avery, but I don't think it's Australian wrestler Avery. There was uh, some lady that had like every colour in the world on it. Like, every primary colour was just blaring from her gear. You've got to appeal to everybody. You can't leave anybody out. And, you know, I was real disappointed with uh, Rackmel's Rack mm. uh, gear. It's very bad. Plain. Don't like it. Hope when she has that takeover match with Rhea Ripley that she'll Bring out up. the big match whites. Uh-huh. Actually, that's probably something that Rhea will do. Uh, Candice won. Uh, apparently, Tegan Knox is injured again, which is very sad. Because she was jumped before the match. And NXT's the most dangerous place in the world. <laughs> Everyone gets hurt. Yeah, this Battle Royal was a... There was every Battle Royal ever Candice won. Yeah, uh, Casey Kanzara was particularly aggravating. She did the spot twice! Like, ugh. I said that you, you DM'd me being like, I don't know if that spot is stupid or great, but you're settling on stupid. And then I, I, I clarified for you because I'm very kind and you ignored the message. Um, <laughs> I probably went, ah, that's true. <laughs> that if they didn't do this in literally every single one of these battle royals since Kofi Kingston first did it like a decade ago, it would be cool. The spot where like she goes out and she's on her hands and she crawls back in or she lands on the barricade and she stands on um Caden Carter's shoulders to get back. I hated ring. that bit. You know why I hated that bit? Because Caden got eliminated, was like, oh shucks, alright, I'll help you get back in. Like I wanted it to show a bit of like you know, you just lost an opportunity at challenging for the title at one of the biggest shows of the year, and you're just like, oh no. <laughs> She's friends, Liam. They're friends. Oh, and friends I hate help one friends, another. Friends, man. 
I'm sick of this friend shit in wrestling. No more friends. Just acquaintances. Yeah. So yeah, if they didn't do this in literally every one of these matches, it would have been cool. But they do do this in literally every one of these matches, so it's kind of lame. Candice win. Candice good. Probably good match. Takeover. <sighs> yeah. Fandango set himself up this convoluted um, tag team title. It's not really that convoluted. They acted like it was the most insane idea ever. And it's like, no, not really. They just one person from each team teams together and then they fight next week. Tom Phillips was very confused by this. Actually, it's not fight next week. It's fight sometime in the future because the reason this match was made was because Bobby Fish was suddenly unavailable. Hmm, I wonder why. So this probably won't even be a takeover match, but eventually, uh, yeah, Uh, Tom Phillips is very confused. You're already baffled. Oh god, Tom! Like uh, he sold it well, though. I got to admit, like I think it was stupid for anyone to actually be confused by this. But I thought Tom sold it well. Yeah, because Vic Joseph suddenly disappeared, as did Mm -hmm. Wade Barrett. Wonder where they're all gone. Mm -hmm. Where have they gone? (laughs) Wade Barrett comes back and immediately it's like, oh, sorry, man, you got COVID. Well, Champa. Oh, Jake Atlas. Like, he he comes into this match and it's like, oh, it's my big revenge. And then he just gets his ass kicked again. And he gets his ass thoroughly kicked. And then Champa pulls his shoulder up and kicks his ass some more. And he's just like, what are you doing to the guy? But, like, the thing with this Champa stuff, it's meant to, like, make him look like this killer. But it's like, he's beating up a dope. A dope who couldn't beat Drake Maverick, who was getting beat up. It why? just makes Jake look Why should terrible. I care? They feel like it doesn't even make Champa look good, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no, there's nothing good comes out of this. And uh, okay, there was a point where like Atlas was gonna do his like uh, the catapult deal that Champa does, and the ref was screaming at him that it would be a DQ. And I was like, why the fuck is that a DQ? That is every apron move a DQ now. Every time you slam somebody into the ring post, is that a DQ? Every time you throw yeah. somebody into the turnbuckles, is that a DQ? Every time someone gets thrown into the stairs during a match, is that a DQ? It's like, oh god, they really, I, I don't know why, that, that, these inconsistencies, they just, they, they grate on me. <laughs> they wear you down. Oh, they do. But like, there was some cool stuff in this, I guess. Champa's, at least Champa is convincing when he beats someone up, it's just I wish he was beating up someone that was worth a damn. Rich Holland had a profile in which he, I believe, admitted to murdering four men. Alright, so, notorious big pro- Ridge Holland guy. Uh-huh. That's me. Everyone knows it. Everyone sees it. I, he's too cartoony. He is. It's like, I'm a rugby player who beats people up, I am. When I was a child, I beat four men up, and I left them in the blood of their, uh, okay, their remains. Yeah. And I have a billy club, because look at me. Bang, bang, bang. That's stupid. Just have him wear it cool. He's cool um, Resident Evil jacket that he wears. He has cool music. Just have him come out and beat dudes up. We don't. He, like, this is very 2013 NXT, and not in a good way. This is very Ascension. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I guess... Rugby Alistair Black needs to tone it down a little for my for my tastes. Uh, Tom Phillips thanked whoever Corey Taylor is for providing culture head. NXT really Do has you know a sound. Corey Taylor is? I really don't. No, I'm very out of touch with modern. Like, I, I, I have never been more out of touch with modern music. Lead singer of Slipknot? No. That's not even modern music. I have no excuse for that. <laughs> yeah, that... Hmm. To be fair, all of his solo stuff is bad. So there you go. They certainly have a sound. Well, it's it's fucking it's um Triple H's Spotify. It's what it is. Like we all thought Triple H like NXT is Triple H's vanity project. It's really just an excuse for him to get to know like bands he likes. It's, <laughs> it's just he really wanted to meet Poppy. Which don't we all? Yeah. 
Except, yeah, except that time that you could have seen her live and didn't. Um, yeah, move on. It's a sore subject. <laughs> Roderick Strong and Danny Burch defeated Fabian Eichner and Raul Mendoza, which means it's uh, Undisputed Year Will face Burton Lorcan for the tag team title shot like, I, at some I stage. I like this. I thought this match was good. <laughs> I have no memory of it. Literally not. Really? I couldn't I tell you really a thing. Fun. It might have been, uh, but I couldn't tell you a thing that happened. I'm a real sucker for heel stables having to work together. Mm. Or not even having to work together, of just heel stables colliding. So to have um, Imperium and... Defasma. Defasma? <laughs> Phantasma. Legato del Phantasma, yes. that's Yeah, that's exactly there. what it is. Having them team up, but also be like, huh, your style of wrestling's stupid. <laughs> Mine's cool. <laughs> it was just... I don't know, it was a good dynamic. And uh, Danny Birch... Uh, he has really cool theme music which I don't think we've ever heard because I'm pretty sure he just comes out to Oni's theme I don't remember it <laughs> I, literally I, do, I don't remember a thing about this match this is this is the podcast coverage you've come for for, for my take about this match to be I don't remember <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was just some cool like Brit punk shit but um yeah I thought it was a good match I like these kind of dynamic like odd bedfellow matches can't they get along Liam oh uh, We'll have to find out. Can they get along and overcome the odds? Austin Theory was being interviewed before Johnny Gargano interrupted and he was like, yo, go beat up Damien Priest for me. Yeah. And then we had a match. Gargano, no, don't associate yourself. (laughs) Save yourself from these fools. Um, Did we miss the vignette? Or is that later? Because I remember people talking about it, but then I didn't even notice it. For who? There was the return of like... uh, saw a person and they had like a jacket on and they were holding the NXT title and they were like the date came up of the takeover I don't remember that yeah there was a return vignette oh well (laughs) and it's like all like post-apocalyptic but people think it's Bobby Roode and I think that'd be a very weird way to bring him back would the post-apocalyptic thing make you not think it's just Killer Cross yes but I thought he'd still be out he would think so. The return of Alistair Black upset at everybody ripping him off. I see. That's the thing. I thought it might be Alistair Black. <laughs> that was my hope that it could be Alistair coming back. But um, a lot of people think it might be Bo Dallas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who is still employed. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll Bo leave at TakeOver. But I just wanted to mention it because I didn't know where it actually occurred in the show. I only saw it after the fact. I don't, yeah, I don't remember this. Maybe in the perfectly legal, definitely legal version of this show that I watched, it was somehow excluded. And I bet you we watched the exact perfectly legal show, and that's why maybe both of us missed it. Damien Priest defeated Austin Theory. I don't care. He won. It was a pretty good match, though. I, do, I can't activate my critical brain watching <laughs> Austin Theory anymore. I don't, it's just, it's so... Brrr. I don't know. Okay. What, I, what do you want us to say? What What do you want us to say, huh? Apparently after this match is when that thing aired, so... Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. He, he threw something at a glass, and the glass shattered, and the glass uh, ceiling smashed. It's clearly and retribution he... is coming to... <laughs> I, I hope it's T-Bar. T-Bar. My close personal friend, T-Bar. Uh, Rich Holland. I don't remember I'm close Rich personal friends with all of them because it's a Mad Max inspiration. Listen, I did watch this NXT show, and I do not remember this Rich Holland match. <laughs> there was a Rich Holland match? Vern, he squashed somebody. I also have no clue of this match. Alright, maybe, maybe, maybe our perfectly legal stream of NXT yeah, <laughs> missed something. This is this is unfortunate. That uh, I have to check this now, that our perfectly legal, definitely legal, perfectly legitimate way of watching NXT forgot to include these things. And I'm, Wait! No. 
No, I do remember this match. I do remember this match. Go on. Holland, because Holland, um, he, got, he took the dude up into the corner and he just like headbutted him like five times in a row and it was pretty gnarly. Yeah, okay. He, he also had a, he had a pretty bad pounce. I was pretty disappointed in the pounce, but everything else was good. Period. Mm. Like, if you're going to do the pounce, you got to put some stank on it. Yeah, if you want to, you can't rip off Monty Brown and do it badly. Exactly. That's, that's not how it works. You got to, you got to pay respect to the legends of the biz. Mm-hmm. And now we, to the main event of the evening. Yes, the Gauntlet Eliminator, in which uh, Kyle O'Reilly defeated, who did he beat in the end? It was Cameron Grimes in the end, to retain, or to not retain, God, to get a shot at the NXT Championship, you'll face Finn Balor in his, only his fifth singles match in NXT. Fifth singles match in NXT is his takeover mm. title shot. This is mad. That's a good match, though. Yeah, it's a cool match. Um, it's a shame that Kyle has to lose. Well, do you do the turn? Do you do Cole? Because Cole celebrated with him after the match, so it's not. There was no no sign of dissension, but you could do it. I don't know. I just I want undisputed era to explode, Liam. Yeah, but like maybe I I but I don't want it to interfere in the main event. That's the problem. Like I, I want it to break up, but I don't want some like interference finish. I just want O'Reilly and Finn to have the chance to have a good wrestling match uh-huh. because we don't get enough of them nowadays. I don't know, man. I I this really should have been Kushida. Yeah, Bronson Reed defeated Kushida. Kyle eliminated Bronson Reed, Timothy Thatcher, and Cameron Grimes. So they they really tried to heat up Kyle. Well, they had to. He's had like three matches. <laughs> Also, Kyle was one of the first men out, so he 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 ran the. As I said, he's like, there's only two stories you tell in this match: either someone comes in at the end and steals the win from the person who's fighting valiantly, or someone from, 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 fights from the valiantly from the beginning and wins, or fights from the. Yeah. Uh, but then they're, they're really the same story because fight you either fight valiantly from the beginning and win, or fight valiantly from the beginning and lose. There's the, they're the only two stories that are told ever in this kind of match. What did you think of the eliminated gauntlet? I thought it was fine. It was pre- like, it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I I, I mean, I, it was probably the match of the week, but I I can't help but feel like it doesn't feel like a very. They just do a gauntlet normal. You know what I mean? Like, why did you have to add this? It turns into a triple threat thing for a bit, and then a fatal four way thing for a bit. I don't know. Then someone gets eliminated. I guess it's more versatile than a gauntlet. That why? Maybe it would um it would have helped to have more people involved. Or like maybe if you have like tag partners in there, so that you can yeah. you can add a, a wrinkle where it's like oh Roderick Strong is in there and works with Kala for a while, and you can yeah work that stuff. But in also, there. why the fuck was Thatcher in this? Because he well, why was most people in this? Like Bronson Reed what? has kind of been on and off pushed. Kushida actually hasn't won a match th- in months. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that um Thatcher hasn't won in his entire time being there. He be- he won the fight pit. He beat the fi- yeah, he won the fight pit, and then I'm pretty sure he hasn't ever won ever since. Then. Well, Cameron Grimes barely ever wins either. <laughs> he but he beat Finn Balor. He just shows up and talks about potentially winning. I got to admit though, um. I gotta stop saying that. That really fucking annoys me now. Now I've picked up on my own things. I'm gonna try not to say it. I really liked. There you go. The the pre-match sit-down vignette that they did for this though, where everyone just kind of like gave a little. Oh, this is why I'm gonna win. Just little things like that. Are, uh, a a good touch to the show. Actually tries to make you care about these matches instead of just throwing them out. Hmm. But yeah, cool. Uh, probably should have been Kushida, but it was a good match. So. What am I to complain about? Kyle and Finn will do well. Mm-hmm. I hope. I wonder what Cole's doing on that show. Nothing by the looks of it. The, the go-home is next week. Maybe Cole will take a... 
Fisher's place in whatever the tag gimmick is. So yeah, that's NXT. Another pretty good show. I don't I don't have strong feelings about it either. This is one of those I don't have strong feelings about either week of these shows, Liam. What am I going to do? Who am I going to pick? Well, that's up to you because I'm not going to influence it. I'm just going to say that I thought both shows were good, but not great. Unlike Garrett, who has a, a uh, almost impossible standard for these shows to reach, I accept <laughs> good on these weeks, and I accept, you know... Hey, it's weekly TV. Not everything can hit it out of the park. Hey, I would accept good if both shows were good. Both shows were fine. Now, these were good shows. These were fine shows. Uh, poll, in which only 10 people vote in our poll this weekly. I'm very upset. Yeah, it's, it's almost like someone forgot to post it. L- listen, I was asleep. You also forgot to post it. I never post it. You can't just expect me to have the knowledge to post it. <laughs> Uh, AEW 90% AEW and NXT 10% with 10 votes so 9 that means one one person voted for NXT (laughs) that does mean one person voted for NXT If, if you're the one person who voted for NXT this week I just want you to know I'm with you oh so you're also picking NXT yeah I think I'm gonna go with NXT this week um that means I have a deciding vote and I don't know which I'm going to pick well while you think on it I'll talk about why I pick NXT this week Okay. I thought both shows were about the same, but I liked the main event of NXT a lot. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's why I picked it. The NXT main event was good. It made me laugh at points because there was some people there. I had no clue that were professional wrestlers, and I know a lot of professional wrestlers. <laughs> Even though there is two matches I do not remember anything about on NXT. You know what? We'll give it the win. Why not? There you go, NXT. Well done. Good victory. Well earned. NXT didn't have FTR. That is true. And they didn't have a shitty Miro debut. God damn it. But Miro's had a good look, though. He did, like, yeah, he has gigantic shoulders. He's a man who should, he should be a no-brainer. He's a big guy who kills people. That ah. dude is in tremendous shape. He has so many shoulders. His shoulders have shoulders. And he's got cool shooter boots now, where he can mm-hmm. kick people's heads off. One day, he's going to wrestle Kenny, and that's going to be the only reason I hold out for Miro. So your match of the week is the NXT main event? Yeah. I think I concur. You know what match type I want to come back? The scramble match. Oh my god, yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, see, we're on sync. Scramble matches rule. I watched one, so now I'm pro-scramble. Hey, Brian Kendrick is once interim WWE champion because of a scramble match. Yeah, that's the match I watched. The thing with the scramble match is, like, it's a cool match, but it's not a match that's big enough to base a whole pay-per-view around. No. I think they... What, what was the time limit they went for? I don't know. It was like... I just watched this. I don't... I'm not sure. It was 20, I think, wasn't it? Sure. I think I think my problem was that they needed to be longer. Yeah, maybe. But they had three of them in one night. Yes. Which was like, okay, ooh. Like, the first one they did, the Night of Champions, was pretty good for that time. You can follow us on Twitter at WarriorsPod <laughs> if you would like to vote <laughs> no, the poll. can't do that. Just no, you can't leave me hanging match. like that. I just want to talk about scramble matches, damn it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Garakid and you can follow Liam on Twitter at Larrick and I think his Twitter is still open it is still open if you would like more elite coverage in your podcasting feed you can listen to everything elite if you'd more like, like more WWE television show coverage in your podcasting feed you can listen to Shake Them Ropes thanks for listening and bye bye yeah right bye <laughs>